You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, welcome to today's episode of the Locked On Seahawks podcast. You are with Grant Goldberg, Spike Friedman, and Mike and John from the Beast Pode. This is the, the the Seahawks Twitter podcast crossover episode. Is that the official title, or is I could I feel like there's something that's way more clean that we can go with. But for right now, that's what I'm going to call it. Uh, how are you guys doing? This is the first time that we've had both of you on the show. I know we had Mike uh, previously during the season, but how are you guys doing? And uh, we're happy to have you on. We're great. We're going to have a really, really, really bad name, like a terrible pun name for this by the end of the show. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to give me at least like 10 minutes to think of something really exceptionally and bad. At least 10 seconds. Spike, well, Fro- Spike Frodman, Grant <laughs> Goldberg, we can do something. We can really, really make it back. Well, well, uh, hey guys, I'm Spike. Uh, <laughs> uh, hi, Spike. Hi. Uh, I was thinking locked on Seahode. That's how I put this <laughs> in my calendar. So, yeah, I was thinking like loked on or something like Loke. just, just, just like tell. mess with the vowels. Loked on Beast Hode. Yes. Yeah. Beast Hode, that might not grow on me. It's not good. It's mm-hmm. not good. Uh, and speaking of not good, <laughs> more shuffling at right tackle. We're talking Jermaine Fetty false start. Mike, mm. John, how are you guys feeling about the right tackle spot oh. for the Seattle Seahawks? Uh, and for those of you at home who did not hear today, Jermaine Fetty benched for the second consecutive practice after a false start replaced by not Isaiah Battle this time, but Jamarco Jones. So for the Beast Pode guys, how do you feel about the right tackle slot? Who do you think is going to start, and who do you want to start? You know, I feel really good. I feel really good. You want to know why? I'm going to tell you why, Spike. I'm going to tell you why. Because the Seahawks are consistent. And you know what they're consistent at? Being absolutely inconsistently playing. Different guys. Like, every single time, it's just a different guy. And you know what? I'm a big fan of names. I like seeing lots of names. I'm a big fan of jersey numbers. Shuffling the jersey numbers. It's a cool look. So I'm into it. I'm not going to lie. See, we're sort of stuck rooting for some of these guys who haven't done anything yet, right? Like, you know that Ifedi is going to play a role on the team. And you know that he's going he's gonna to see some snaps. Whether it's by, like, he wins the job again or he fills in for injury. So I would just as soon see him do well. And we saw Justin Britt suck for a couple of years and then find his spot. I feel like uh, if you get Fetty in at one of the guard spots, I think that's where he could land long term. Until then, I think they're just kind of hoping that it'll stick somewhere. But I think he's a guard. And as so- the sooner they realize that he's a guard, I think everyone will be better off. Yeah, that's interesting. So then you're potentially interested in sliding him over, I assume, to the right guard slot? I am. I am. Because I think... I always believe the best about people, except for, you know, like Mike and stuff. <laughs> for him, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that dude. But I feel like I can believe the best for for guys, because it seems to me that players, I know this is going to be like revolutionary, revolution, uh, revealment, that players get better sometimes. 
<laughs> and I know, remains I know to be seen. Want, I know we want them all to be just as good as they were their rookie year or just as bad because, you know, that allows us to, you know, know about them. But I think sometimes players get better. And I'm just kind of hoping that Fetty will get better. But I, every day that passes, my hope grows a little bit smaller, similar to the Grinch's heart. Have you guys, yeah. have you guys read the piece uh, on The Athletic that uh, Michael Dugar uh, wrote about a Fetty? I, I have not yet. I no. actually can't read. Me neither. Yeah, as you say, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? He wrote an article about him, so that must be some sort of good news. <laughs> like, I, I, I agree with you, John. Like, it's getting more difficult to feel optimistic about Afedi's prospects with the team long term, which we is know weird we're optimistic. To yeah, yeah, we are very optimistic. I, I mean, you signed Sweezy last week. You have DJ Fluker that you sign over the off season. I agree that he's a guard, and I don't think that. I mean, you shouldn't just gift him a starting spot because he was a first round pick in 2016. And it's looking more and more like he's not going to slot in. I would feel, honestly, most comfortable probably with J.R. Sweezy starting at right guard, as weird as that sounds. Interesting. Here's the bit that that Fetty said. I mean, I pulled up the article from The Athletic, and he says, I want him to be tougher on me than he is on anyone else, tougher on me than he's been on anyone else. Talking about Pete Carroll, I really want this thing. I really want it to be right. I want it to be the player God destined me to be. So, I mean, he says all the right stuff. Well, I guess that's the question, right? Why? Because the the issue with the Fetty, even at his worst, he hasn't been. He's had a couple of Toriador snaps, but like, what is worst about him is the penalties. It's the holding penalties and it's the false start penalties. It's the drive killing penalties, and those are more psychological than physical. Is it maybe that he wants it too much at this point? Is that possible? Are we? putting too much pressure on our beloved boy, Jermaine Fetty, and that's what's setting up. Is this our fault? Are you telling me that <laughs> Seahawks fans are getting too emotional about a player named Jermaine? Because I won't hear it. I won't stand for that. Okay. Okay. Different, different spelling. It doesn't count. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, the, the, the Fetty I crew has not formed <laughs> <laughs> so, I can't even say that. You need to, can you run that by me again? The die crew? If, if Fetty, I, I don't know. It's the Jermaine I, gang. Jermaine, that's uh, better. Yeah, because I was like, because the curse crew and then the Fetty I crew, but I crew is spelled like Icarus somehow because he flew <laughs> too close to being good at right tackle. And, and the, I don't know. So, but, but for real, like, what? Wh- uh, especially John, what you were saying about the potential for improvement, given what he needs to improve his discipline, and given that we're not even seeing that in controlled scrimmages, do, do you see it happening? Like, That's a tough if one. You look in your heart. Do you see it happening? Well, <laughs> no. But if <laughs> no. I mean, if I have to say it yes or no, then no, because I mean. That seems to be his biggest. He's got the body to play anywhere along the line. But I think the big difference between guys who are highly successful in the NFL and guys who are just kind of not successful is so much more the mental line than it is the physical line. And so either you're really hopeful about that, like he figures out how to get his head right and he gets it, or you're really unhopeful because if he hasn't gotten his head right by now, when will he ever? So I guess that's two ways you can go on that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh boy, Man, guys. This is uh <laughs> and that's and that's our upper conversation for the week. Everybody's going to be fine. Everybody's we've had we've had awesome. this theme over the last few weeks. Maybe the whole off season where we've been extremely pessimistic and like this is not helping the cause at all. Like we we've been actively seeking like reasons to be optimistic about like the offensive line, the defensive line, the depth and the whole team and everybody keeps getting hurt. Nobody knows how to, you know, start a, start a play on time. And so uh now we're I got stuck a right here. Yeah. A reason for optimism. Jamarco Jones, easy money. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the right the, tackle of the future. Tell the us why. Well, Tell us probably. why I'm right. Probably. Yeah, yeah. The team is clearly up on him. Pete today was saying that he's picking things up more quickly than we thought. We know that coming out of school, Jones was a performer out on the field, and he tested poorly. Do you think there's a reason for genuine optimism around Jones? Uh, do you believe that, especially with more man blocking and less of the zone blocking that Tom Cable relied on and relies on maximum athleticism, there's actually a shot that a guy who, you know, I believe uh, was a 17th percentile athlete or something around there could be an impact right tackle in the NFL? Well, every other team seems to find one every once in a while, so it's kind of the Seahawks are due for one. <laughs> make regression to the mean work for you <laughs> as kevin would say fantastic um they'll be better run blockers if you want a reason for optimism they're yeah. not going to be as bad as they were last year and we're going to run more so statistically improbable win, so win-win there'll certainly be better goal line run blockers because oh my literally God. cannot be worse as long if as they, they were... run for a net positive then they cannot be worse than they were last year. They just need to run in the right direction and <laughs> stop running backwards like last year. One so... rushing touchdown from within the 10-yard line is all that we need. Well, with their all... 17 quality running backs, they better be pretty good too, right? <laughs> Almost enough to make a guy want to draft a running back in the first round. Yeah, there it is. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, I think on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about where we are from a little higher up, more broadly. Talk about our expectations for the year before diving into some stuff on this first preseason game coming up on Thursday. This is the Locked on Seahawks, Seahode, Beat Talk <laughs> podcast. We'll be right back. <laughs> We are back with the Locked On Seahawks Beast Pode crossover. The uh, the Locked On, I I don't even Beast Lock. Was, Beast Lock. Beast Lock. Okay, let's go with that. <laughs> but uh, we had you guys on the show because we had a couple questions, not because you guys are friends or any. We just we wanted to ask some questions. Um, we couldn't take to Twitter. We had to go on Skype and record this and have people listen to it. Um, I mean, generally. I, I guess I covered it a little bit that we're a little pessimistic. Anybody who's listened to the show during this off season and, and has seen everything that's happened knows that Spike and I are a little more pessimistic on how the Seahawks are going to do this season. But uh, we want to know how you guys think the team is going to do. Uh, maybe throw out a record prediction. Uh, who's the MVP of the of the team? I guess. Uh, so whoever wants to go first, go ahead. Michael. I think that the Lakers are going to go 49 and 33 now that they got LeBron James, and I'm just so excited. Booyah! <laughs> um, Booyah! 
so the, the the obvious answer that we could say for the Seahawks is 12-3-1. Um, oh. But I think that, like, realistically, I'm going to go 9-6-1 because they're tying in Los Angeles. Uh, and, I mean, nine wins is a decent year for how many unknowns uh, Seattle has heading into the season. Like, the level of talent that they lost – and just the sheer amount of talent that they lost is like unprecedented. Like you, but you lose Sheldon Richardson, you lose Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, uh, potentially Earl Thomas. It's not going to happen. Earl's going to be back. But I mean, you Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill. There's so many spots that you're filling with young, unproven guys, and uh, you got to take injury luck into account. But if the Seahawks stay healthy, I really do think that they're going to win nine games at least. Wow. We joke around about 12-3-1, and, and of course, nobody outside of me thinks that they're going to go 12-3-1. and 13-2-1. Uh, and, uh, and here's the here's here's the real truth. I think the Seahawks are going to win the NFC West. Whoa. Ooh. I know. And that sounds Whoa. so that sounds so hot takeish. How can okay? How can that sound hot takeish? Oh my god! <laughs> this, is, this is the element that the show has been missing. Yeah, <laughs> we have not had the reggae horn. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, no, John, John, paint this picture for us. Paint the how, picture how of the watching, Seahawks winning it. How are we watching a Russell Wilson-led Seahawks team whose worst record is 9-7 and seven, and somehow it's a hot take that they're going to win the division? I don't understand this. You, they can be counted on, I think, in a normal year to win 11, 12, or 13 games. And I think this is a much more normal year than 2017 was. There were some very bad circumstances in 2017 that sabotaged the season. There was the Blair Walsh kicks. I don't want to lay a lot of blame at his foot, but I think that there's a real good case that one or two more wins could be added with the league average kicker. I, I also I think, think that's something oh, that we talked about. And I, I agree with. And I think it's unfair to do that to a certain extent because there are other meltdowns and other problems. But I think that there are a couple circumstances where the, a game swung on just a foot. Yeah. And I think you're talking about a Swung true and talent. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're talking about a true talent 11-win team last year, I think. And I believe that they're almost as good this year with a chance to be better. And I think the Rams are going to fall on their face to the tune of 8-8. Eight and eight. I, think, I think they're going to Philadelphia Eagles dream team this <laughs> Sorry, can I say that? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, sure. I can clean it. Okay. It's fine. All right. Thank you. I'm sorry about that one. And they're gonna. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm actually not very sorry at all. They're gonna. They're gonna fall on their face to the extent that they're just gonna be kind of goodish. And eight and eight. That's what they are. And Seahawks are gonna win the division. Probably eleven or twelve wins because that is the talent that they are. Unless Doug Baldwin and others are hurt. Exactly. In which case, in which case we're just screwed. If, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, this, it's true. Like a lot falls on Doug Baldwin's shoulders, and I think he's the MVP of this season if he plays all sixteen games. And this also assumes that Earl Thomas is back. So Earl's back. He's coming Earl, back. I mean, he's he happening. is, of course. Let's not be let's not be ridiculous here. But the biggest question mark for me is not the defense because I mean the Seahawks could have made the playoffs. Uh, missing Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Cliff Averill for the majority of the season. Earl yep. Thomas missed like four games. Uh, Michael Bennett wasn't himself. He was playing injured most of the season. You know, all these guys, Nas Jones missed like the last several games. Deion Jordan was gone out a lot of the season. And there uh, was no running game. 
There was no running game. But the, the biggest thing for me is going to be replacing Paul Richardson and Jimmy Graham's production. Yep. They scored a lot of touchdowns and put up a lot of yards. And it's really going to come down to, for me, I think, I mean, Doug Baldwin uh, is probably the third best player on this team behind Earl and uh, Bobby. I would say it's weird to say that Russell Wilson is their fourth wow. best player to me. Wow. Ooh, that's, wow. that's even but, hotter than John's take. Right. But if, assuming Doug Baldwin is healthy, he's obviously the most, I think he's the most, I mean, Russell's the most valuable and how Russell plays is probably the most important. But in terms of skill position players, Doug is the most important. But I think how the season goes comes down to how Tyler Lockett plays. That's a great point. That and, is a great point. And Tyler Lockett said today that all of last year he was still recovering from the leg injury and he had to tailor oh, yeah, totally. he had to tailor the way that he played last season uh to accommodate the team and, and to play hurt almost. So, you know, if we get fresh Tyler Lockett plays more like his rookie year than last year, then you know, I think I think we're gonna be in for a good surprise from the receiving core. I'm I'm higher on uh Keenan Reynolds making the roster just for some extra help if he's this impressive and he's working his way into the conversation and and gets it gets onto the roster then he's got something to add on the team and so I I think he sees the field more than Amaro Darbo if he if he makes this team if Darbo even makes the team I I think he's more of a lock than say uh than Reynolds right now but would uh, you say that he's locked on the Seahawks no, he no. wouldn't say that. No, I would never no, say that. No, nobody would ever say that. <laughs> it is the official position of the Locked On Seahawks podcast that Amaro Darbo is not locked on the Seahawks. Locked on Seahawks. Podcast. You guys think that? You guys think that Brandon Marshall is going to make the team? I don't know. Uh, I feel. I feel like he's been like pretty good, and whenever Pete talks about him, Pete's a little disappointed that he looks good because it's going to make it a hard choice. For him. Yeah. It's like a weird thing to say, but he's like. It's it, it's sort of like Dwight Freeney last year writ large, where it's like, oh man, he's so crafty and he like already knows what to do. It's, it's a terrible. Great cop. Um, I think I, I don't know. I I yeah, that's the question. Is where are those other like fifteen touchdowns going to come from? Tanner McAvoy, of course. Well, that's crazy. I was waiting it's for not that. Not going to be Tanner McAvoy. Uh, is like well, and and, and my question precise. Is this there's uh, there's your Prosize. second hot take? CJ okay. Prosize is gonna play fifteen. CJ Prosize will play fifteen games. I'll be surprised. I'm gonna, throw, I'm gonna throw two names out to you guys and tell me just how you feel about them. Will Disley and Tyrone Swift. How do you feel about them? I love Disley. Really? I, I really cool. like him. Soft hands. Uh, Have you felt them? <laughs> in my dreams, yes. Plenty of times. <laughs> The, uh, I really feel like he's going to see a ton of snaps. I feel like I feel like he's I feel like he's going to be the tight end one by week sixteen. Wow, is what I feel like. Awesome. Yeah, I yeah. like him. Yeah, I do too. He, uh, I mean, no, I'm not biased because he's a husky. Course. I'm biased, yeah, but um, I do like Disley a lot. Just in terms, I mean, so the most interesting thing that I saw on Twitter today was the fact that it was said that Nick Vanette has played his first two seasons with a major back injury and he's finally healthy. Whoa. So he's coming for you, Ben Baldwin. Nick Vanette is coming for you. Uh, <laughs> but also Swoops. I I really liked Swoops last year, so I think Pete's pretty high on him too. He's definitely a sleeper to make the roster, I would say. And I mean, 
with you never know if they're going to run like a fullback hybrid sort of thing. Who the hell knows? Yeah, I guess well, it's I, possible. Actually, yeah. Okay, wait, no, hold on, hold on. I want <laughs> to I want to throw a number out to you guys, or or I'm just going to have you both throw a number out. Nick Vanette career receiving yards over the last two years. It's about 220, isn't it? I, I want to say 304. Let's go with 156. I, so I did, I did well. I win. I you win do my... win, but we all lose. He is <laughs> like for me. He is just as unproven. And hope I don't want to say hopefully he did have a back injury because that's a horrible thing to say. But I and would you, love. And you know what they say about back injuries? They always get better. <laughs> Never get worse. <laughs> That's true. I guess, like for me, I, I I agree that the question of where do those other touchdowns come from is a huge one. Is Lockett going to have a bounce back year? That's a huge potential source of that. And then for me, it is who is that tight end that pops this year? And I and for me, I think it's going to be Disley or Swoops. I love the Disley enthusiasm from you guys and Vinette. If there is something that's been lingering that it's gone now, I'd love to see him do it. I've just been disappointed by him to this point in his career. Well, I, I don't think that it's anywhere close to a hot take to say that he's been disappointing. But <laughs> I do I do remember I remember coming out of school, I mean, a lot of people were really high on him. And as has been noted on Twitter, Matt Miller predicted that Nick Vanette was going to be the best tight end in that class. And he did predict that Mike Th- Michael Thomas would be the best receiver in that class. He had him two spots on his big board above Corey Coleman. So I mean, he was uh, he, w- he was he was out there with that take. It's it's going to be more even more like, impressive now that he has only 150 something receiving yards, and then he's mm-hmm. just going to become the best tight end out of the class. So it's going to be a great redemption story to see. Comeback player of the year confirmed. How are they going to catch all these touchdown passes if they're blocking on every play? This is the thing I don't understand. They're, they're actually going to throw it off the, the blocker's helmets, and it's going to be like a jump ball <laughs> situation. That's where I think we're going to miss Jimmy the, Graham the most. The Kellen, the the uh, the throw that Derek Coleman caught. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Kellen Davis. Off of Kellen, Kellen Davis. Moore's Kellen Davis. Davis, thank you. Not Kellen Moore. We never had Kellen Moore, the quarterback. That was never a guy we had. Kellen Davis helmet, yeah. Didn't Brad uh, Johnson do that? No, no someone he on caught, Vikings. He, he did threw it. it he got batted back to him, and he caught it himself. Yeah. So anything's possible. Oh yeah. boy. Speaking. Wait. Uh, real quick, before we take a break, uh, we're on the subject of backup quarterbacks. Who do you guys want to win the the backup job? We talked about that last week. But are you team? Oh, all right. Great answer. <laughs> that's so much better than that's, our terrible. That's answer. such a good solution. If <laughs> oh. only someone had thought of that. You know, before training camp started, or even now, that would be, be a crazy. great solution. It's a real shame that they don't have the opportunity to sign him anymore. Oh, wait. They still can. Insane. Oh, man. They could have Kaepernick and Eric Reed if Earl Thomas leaves, but Earl Thomas is coming back. But, of course, you could just fill Earl Thomas' Why would Thomas's you need Eric Reed when Tedrick Thompson's going to be an all-pro this year? You just answered your own question. Oh, mm, okay. I see where you went there. All right. I, I'll just ignore you said that. The... <laughs> <laughs> I I don't care about the backup quarterback. <laughs> Are you gonna? Can you find me a reason to care? Um, well, my you, theory you was to... you go with you go with Magoo because right. if Wilson gets hurt, you might as well tank. That's such a great name, <laughs> right? I was just gonna say you get to say Magoo more often. Yep. Ooh, fringe benefit. Yeah. All right. So uh, 
great. I think, I, guys, I think we covered exactly how good the Seahawks are going to be. We're going to take, <laughs> we're going to take one more quick break. There's a preseason game on Thursday, yes. and we're going to figure out what what to watch in that preseason game. We'll be right back. Locked on Beast Magoo. <laughs> Coming back right after this. Welcome back to the final portion of today's episode of the Locked On Seahawks Beast Pode crossover. Uh, I last week we talked about. I mentioned the preseason game coming up on Thursday for a brief second. I said it was against the Broncos. That's week one. We're facing a different horse team. <laughs> we're, we're facing <laughs> we're facing the Indianapolis Colts and uh, not Andrew Luck. Um, I think we're gonna win. I think that it's going to be to the tune of three Trey Flowers interceptions taken back to yes. the house. Oh, good. And Trey then, Flowers. Uh, and then Mike Davis is going to set the preseason rushing record uh, in one game. Great. Does, oh, like, does for, anybody for an object to that? <laughs> for an entire preseason in one game? Why not? Why I'm not saying, I'm saying, they wait, did, did the Seahawks or did they not put up 50 on the Chargers last year? Did, did they like 48 or something? I was there live. I should remember it, but uh, I'm just saying they have the capability to put up points in the preseason. That's a really lukewarm take. <laughs> Mike <laughs> Davis setting the preseason rushing record in one game. You want to know what the most the most exciting thing about this game is going to be? Yes, we finally get to see the Michael Dixon hype train yes! on through CenturyLink Field. Oh, man, I'm so excited. Oh, God. Here's the question, though. Will CenturyLink Field be able to survive the punts of Michael Dixon? Will he be shattering the beams that hold the roof together? Will the punts be burrowing so deep into the ground you're going to have foundation issues? Are you concerned about the long-term stability of CenturyLink Field? in the face of Michael Dixon's punting. I'm, well, I'm just concerned about the fact that, like, the number of decibels that the audio is going to reach there is going to, like, exceed Beastquake by a factor of three, maybe, and it's just yeah. going to crumble the entire uh, structure. Well, here's the thing. Not, if, if not the concerned. City, if the city of Seattle smart, they're going to make a no-fly zone over CenturyLink Field and the whole city <laughs> because anything that's overhead is just at risk. Jimmy yeah. Graham screwed. <laughs> oh, boy. No, concern because John Ryan already brought the house down in the 2015 NFC Championship game with the pass to Gary Gilliam, so there's no need to be worried about CenturyLink. It doesn't even stand anymore. That's a great point. Okay, so wait, so, uh, so aside from the Michael Dixon hype train, which 100% is the most important thing we're going to be watching in this game, are, what are you going to be watching for in this game? And follow-up question, how important is the first season, first preseason game to you personally in your life? <laughs> Uh, I sold my tickets to it, so really <laughs> apparently not that important. Um, I really, you know, what I need out of it, out of this, is I need to not have like seven guys get hurt because yeah. they're so thin already at certain positions. God forbid something should happen to another pass rusher, and the Seahawks enter the season week one with no pass rushers on the <laughs> roster. I don't know what we're doing right here with pass rush, other than just trying not to rush the passer. But this is the thing I'd be looking for in the game is I need to see somebody get some sacks. Yeah. I need some sacksy action. I think that it is preseason week one, 
And I mean, per- personally, I'm so excited. I'm just ready for football to start again. I'm just seeing the Seahawks suit up is always a really surreal feeling, even in the first week of the preseason. I'm really excited, but it's going to be so, so cool seeing Shaquem Griffin wearing a Seahawks uniform. Oh, you know? man. Like, it's just going to be unbelievable. And, God, I'm just so excited. And seeing him and Shaquille on the field, because KJ has a hamstring injury. So he's going to probably roll out with the starters at will. And so that means that both Shaq Griffins are going to be on the field for the Seahawks at the same time. Yes. How well, cool I, think, I think Shaq has a, a little bit of a hamstring injury, too. So I wouldn't oh, be surprised right. if they held no. him out. Yeah. You just had to ruin this for me, didn't you, Grant? They call me Grant Wet Blanket Goldberg over in these parts. Um, yeah, but I'm super excited for for Shaquem. I think he's going to play a good amount of snaps, given that uh, you know there's KJ out and he's going to get the star snaps, and he's going to play a little bit more than that, I'd assume. Uh, he's going to be playing defense, special teams, but as a whole, I don't think Week One matters as much as it did before, given that cuts are uh, right before. I think preseason ends. And so mm-hmm. I think that there's a larger sample size for, for guys to be looked at for the coaching staff. So I think that benefits, you know, the, the potential players a lot more. Mm. Yeah. Seeing Shaquem out there is going to be one of the coolest. I just, yeah. uh, that's a guy you just can't help but root for, you know, if the Seahawks worst comes to worst, Seahawks do only win seven or eight games, which isn't mm-hmm. going to happen. But like five of the draft choices from this year, turn out to be good solid draft choices then i think it'll be a really watchable team yeah i want to see, i want to see rasheem green man like he's been getting right? a lot of snaps in practice in these games right? he's been rolling out with the ones hasn't he yeah yes i mean he's just so there he's i he's rolling out with the ones because he's the one two and three i believe on our depth chart right? <laughs> that just means we're gonna get a lot of snaps and i mean he's coming in raw. he was entirely miscast in college but like I'm excited to see it. I'm really, really also excited to see George Fant coming back. Is he going to play? Uh, I bet he does. Uh, he's been a little limited in practice, but he's definitely been working his way into playing. So I imagine he gets some snaps. Uh, and if, I, I mean, for me, Jamarco Jones is definitely someone I want to see playing at game speed. Yes. And and the and for me, the big thing is like, what principles can we start to glean from the Schottenheimer offense? He's been all over the map over his career, both in terms of scheme and effectiveness. And we're not going to get a sense of effectiveness just yet. But like, I, I want to see it. I want to see what the heck he's going to do because I got no idea. People talk a lot, a lot of pre-snap motion, and Ooh. a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of matchup trying to maneuver to the favorable matchup is cj Prosize is gonna be yep. fun right this is what i keep hearing so if I, you have like these movable pieces i feel like yeah. schottenheimer wants to use them in movable ways tight ends mm. i like i like that i feel like i feel like for all the criticisms of bevel the absence of pre-snap movement to simplify and give russell wilson more time to understand what he's looking at was mm-hmm. like a big easy mistake that was being made especially last year when the protection was so poor um and so you know i I, i'm not it's gonna take me a minute before i hop on the shoddy train but (laughs) i'm like i'm like five o'clock somewhere yeah exactly i'm (laughs) i'm willing to check the schedule 
willing to check the schedule right now. See when see when it's leaving the station. I know it hasn't left the station yet, so not worried about it. My bags ain't packed. But I will I will say that I mean when Brian Schottenheimer was hired, everyone the collective groan of of course that sort of thing. You know, um, that was just rampant throughout the internet's. But uh, recently, shameless plug here, Jacob Stevens wrote up this like insanely elaborate analysis and uh, kind of projection of the Schottenheimer offense on the it's beat. Like 3, 000, it's like 3,000 words. It's ridiculous. It's, with pictures. It's, it's amazing. And it was it's like... really a great primer for, for week one. I, I wouldn't have claimed to be anywhere near well-versed in uh, Schottenheimer's past offenses, but I mean... Jacob really does a good job of setting it up in an optimistic fashion and just deep diving a lot of the different aspects and a lot of like the different pre-snap motions and the different uh, matchup uh, utilization and it's it's really cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So great job, I, Jacob. Yeah. Yeah. Shouts to Jacob. Well, and I think before we uh, look at this preseason, I'll let you guys do both if you want. Ooh, John, you started out. Ooh. Well. Over at the Beast Blog, uh, we're coming out with content all the time. It's beastpod.wordpress.com. Pretty easy spot to find Beast Pod. Yes, it's a bad pun. We're all about the bad puns. Some some stories are very serious. Some are really, really, really the opposite of very serious. But we have a good time writing about sports the way it should be. I think uh, you'll find that uh, there's good reason to be, for my last hot take, there's good reason to be pessimistic. I think there's a path to 5-11 and 11 if you work at it really hard and assume that some people aren't going to bounce back and Earl's not coming back. But there's a path to 11-5, and five, and I'm taking that one. Awesome. Awesome. Um, ooh, let's see here. Ooh, hot take. Hot take. I think that uh, Brandon Marshall catches seven touchdowns. Um, For what team? <laughs> uh, for the Seahawks um, I think that Tyler Lockett has 850 yards receiving mm-hmm. and uh, 150 yards rushing mm-hmm. and 9 total touchdowns <laughs> including returns and yeah I, I predict the Seahawks go 10-6 and six. I don't think they win the division I think that the Rams go actually no I think the Seahawks go uh, nine six and one. Rams go ten five and one. Uh, but Seahawks knock them off in Los Angeles in the playoffs. Yes. Uh, because take Jared Goff is not as good as he was last year, and Sean McVay is amazing. Don't get me wrong, but the NFL catches up very quickly. I don't think that they're going to entirely catch on to him, but I don't think that he it's going to be as dominant and insanely innovative and unique of an offensive attack as we're expecting i think it's gonna i think they're gonna have a good offense though but aaron donald's not gonna play a snap for the rams that's my other prediction uh, Ooh. Ooh. yeah, yeah. That's, that's dessert you save the best for last dude that's right yeah, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna one up you which is just rude because you came on our podcast where's the challenge trade earl thomas for aaron donald or, or yeah no. Or Khalil Mack. Yeah, the Khalil Mack one I came up with today, and then I realized it's just that I haven't been reading Twitter, and I searched for it, and everyone already had come up with it. <laughs> that was disappointing for me. But Aaron Donald, that is the ultimate challenge trade within the division. Let's go. That would be great. I feel like that the fact that they have Joyner and uh, Johnson in uh, L.A. Mm-hmm. would not really make that happen. But you know what? Uh, oh, God, I can't cuss. 
Um, <laughs> you know, just actually, just kidding. Don't trade Earl. Earl is Earl oh, is yeah. my father. But yeah, uh, check us out. Check us out at uh, Beast Pod, our podcast, Tasteful Profanity at Beast Pod. You can check out our blog, beastpod.wordpress.com. We've been cranking out the hashtag content. So uh, thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, so thanks. much thanks. It was a blast to do this. Of course, awesome. we just wanted uh, some answers to our questions, so we're glad that you guys could come on and do that. Uh, all the wrong ones, for sure. Yeah, but uh, thank you guys, the listeners, for you know listening all the way through. Like always, uh, we appreciate every every time you guys tune in. Uh, I know that I've had some audio issues, so hopefully that's cleared up with this episode, and you guys can enjoy listening to this podcast. Uh, and aside from that, I'm I'm all good. Spike, do you have anything? Uh, I'm just plugging Nordic Track and Vivid Seeds, even <laughs> though I don't think we're reading for them this episode, because uh, they're just great products. Yeah. They're just great products. Use Consume them. a Nordic Track, please, for me. Use the promo code locked on, I think. For both. For both. Both. Oh, it's easy. Come on. Come yeah. On. While you're getting your, your tickets to the game, get a Nordic Track. You're already spending yeah. money. All right. <laughs> so for the Locked On Seahawks, uh, Beast Pod crossover. I'm Grant Goldbrick signing off. And I'm Spike Friedman also signing off. <laughs>